be acceptable to you, Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Uh, let me encourage you, please, to keep your Bibles open to Mark chapter 2, verse uh, 12, I mean 13 to uh, 17. It is very important for my opinions do not matter at this moment, but we clearly have to hear God's word and God's voice as his word is being uh, preached to us this afternoon. Our title for this, uh, for this text is I titled our sermon, Jesus came to call sinners. Jesus came to call sinners. But before we get into this, uh, I would like to give you a quick story. When I was at uh, Bible College, we used to take mission trips. Uh, and we went to a small town in, in Namibia. And we, we went to visit a hospital. And we were praying for the, for the patients. We were praying for, for the nurses and for the doctors. And after we, because we were kind of going through the wards. And when we were done, we decided, okay, let's, let's now head back to our center so we have lunch. And the group leader decided, oh, no, 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 before we go, they just gather outside the hospital, so we say a final prayer. And then she said, Lord, I pray for the nurses and for the doctors in this hospital that we may give them more patience. Now, English being our second language, we heard patience, which is an awkward prayer to pray in front of the hospital. And today we're going to look at a prayer where we can pray for more patience to come to Jesus Christ. So now we're going to have two points, and the first point will be Jesus calling Levi, and the second one will be Jesus reclining with sinners. Jesus calling Levi and Jesus reclining with sinners. Let's look at the first point, Jesus calling Levi. Now, my dear brothers and my dear sisters, we have to understand that the coming of the Messiah or the coming of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ means hope to the hopeless. It means he came to invite worse sinners into his kingdom to receive salvation and the forgiveness of sins. Look with me at chapter 2, verse 13 to 12 of the Gospel of Mark. Verse 13 to 14 reads as follows. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. My dear friends, we discovered in the previous sermons, in the Gospel of Mark, that Jesus has authority over sickness, he has authority over uncleanliness, and he also has authority over the forgiveness of sins. And we, we, we have also noticed that these all two, three activities or events that happened in Mark it came as a shock to the Jewish people. And I can guarantee you it continues to be a shock to us today. 
And in Mark 2, verse 13 to 14, we read the shocking messages. And the verse we, we, we read today, it's continued to show us even more shocking words. Mark is telling us that if we think we've seen it all, wait until we see Jesus calling a tax collector. He continued to do unusual things. If you think Jesus touching a leper is unacceptable, if you think him cleaning the leper is unheard of, if you think Jesus for declaring the forgiveness of sins is shocking, wait until you see Jesus calling a tax collector. But what is wrong with a tax collector? What is wrong with this guy? Let me help you to understand the situation of tax collectors. Tax collectors are people that are regarded as worse sinners. Worse sinners in the society. They've messed up their lives. And as a matter of fact, they are in the same category as murderers and thieves. Today you can categorize tax collectors as drug dealers, homosexuals, if you like. Whatever worse sinner or sinful nature you can think of. Every culture and tribe has a way of categorizing sins. And a tax collector was the worst of them all. And what makes a tax collector a worse sinner is because he is not just ritually unclean, but he's also morally unclean. But Jesus continues to surprise us. He continues to reach out to the outcast. A tax collector is an outcast. Because we need to understand that Levi, the man that Jesus Christ is calling, is a Jew. He's a Jewish individual who has abandoned the faith, who has abandoned his people and joined the Roman oppression to oppress God's people under text. And therefore, the moment you sign up for this job, the moment you sign up for this job of being a tax collector, you get excommunicated. Especially from the synagogue. And that is a type of man. That is the type of man Jesus Christ is calling here. Look with me at verse 14. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the text booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Again, it's worth to note that Jesus knew very well that this man, Levi, is a text collector. Why? How do we know that? 
because he was on duty. Levi was found in his office, carrying out his duties. It is not that Jesus bumped into an individual and he's like, okay, come on, follow me, and then just to realize later that, oh, you're a tax collector. Oh, no. He knew exactly the type of man he's calling. A tax collector. He knew that this man is an outcast. He knew that this man is regarded as a worse sinner. Yet, yet, he called him. Follow me. Follow me. The Bible says he rose and followed him. Now, I want us to note, to note again the difference between Jesus, I mean, Levi's following Jesus and the crowd following Jesus in verse 15. Let's read verse 15 again. It says, and as he reclined at the table in his, in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining in him with Jesus by his, and his disciples, for there were many who followed, who followed him. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, there's a, there's a difference in Greek, in grammar, regarding Levi followed Jesus and the crowd followed Jesus. Verse 15, the grammar, the tense is uh, imperfect, which can be translated as, for there are many who were following him. Right? So, so Levi's types of following is different from the crowd. It's a decisive and costly type of following. It is a one-off and done decision. He decided to follow and dedicate his life to the Lord. He decided to follow Jesus and never to be asked again, for he will be always be following Jesus. You know, during my first week in, uh, in the States, it happened that President Biden was in town. And uh, Marcelo managed to see him. And a lot of people were actually following this president. And he was taking a video and his friend was like, Oh, President Biden! President Biden! <laughs> and imagine Bi President Biden was walking in the street. A lot of people would be running around, and, you know, taking selfies and taking videos, taking pictures to share with their friends and family members. But I can guarantee you, the way Marcelo was following President Biden is the same way the crowd followed Jesus. It cost him nothing. But I can also guarantee you there are some Democrats who follow the Democratic Party and President Biden at all cost. Therefore, my dear friends, that is the same with Levi. He followed Jesus Christ at all cost. He wasn't just following Jesus like the crowd, but decisively he made a commitment. And by the transforming power of the gospel, Levi became the, a disciple of Jesus Christ and eventually an apostle of the Lord and ended up writing the gospel of Matthew.
Now, what are we learning here about ourselves and about the Lord? Maybe you are sitting here this afternoon and you are such, you are such a broken individual. Maybe your heart is filled with guilt and shame because of what you did in your life, be it sexual sin, adultery, homosexuality, rebellious against God and your parents and all other forms of authority. Maybe you've been involved in drugs and alcohol and clubbing, discrimination, anger, bitterness, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. And maybe you feel like there's no way. There's no way for you. There's no way out. You look at yourself and you think, I am hopeless and helpless. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ came to die for people like Levi. And whatever you can do, I'm sure your sins will never transpass or transgress those of Levi, the tax collector. And if Jesus can call Levi a tax collector, he can do the same for you. Or maybe you know someone who is lost. You know someone who is broken. Someone who is hopeless. And sometimes you may think to yourself, oh my goodness, there's no way this man or this woman, this boy or this girl can be saved. He is such a broken individual. I would like to encourage you to keep on praying that the Lord himself will call them. If Jesus can call Levi, if Jesus can call Levi, who turned out to be Matthew, if he can call Saul, who turned out to be Paul, he can call anyone, my brothers and sisters. And by the way, he came for those. That's why Jesus came. He came to call sinners. And if they have trouble trusting that Jesus can save them and can save anyone, take a moment to think about yourself. Paul was reminding the Christians living in Ephesus in his letter to the Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. And he said this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved. My dear friends, Jesus Christ came to call sinners.
Let's move to the next point. The second thing I want us to look at from this text is Jesus reclining with sinners. Jesus reclining with sinners. My dear friends, Jesus doesn't just call worse sinners, but he eats with them. He eats with them. He has a fellowship with sinners. So Jesus came to call sinners and not the righteous. Let's look at verse 15 to 17. And as he reclined a table in his house, Many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of, of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well, have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous but sinners. You know, Levi met the Lord Jesus Christ and he decided to respond to his call as a result of his excitement and joy of meeting Jesus Christ as Savior and many of us can testify how joyful it is that moment when you give your life to Christ, when you get the reality of the gospel and the depth and the meaning of the gospel in your life. You, you know how excited you can be. You were not the first one to be excited. Matthew was excited too. Levi was excited. And you know what he decided to do? He offered a banquet. He offered a banquet. He was like, come on guys to my house. Let's have a party. I met the Lord. And it happened that he invited his friends. No wonder his house was filled with sinners and tax collectors. Those are his friends. You cannot expect to have saints here. A tax collector just gave his life to the Lord. You know, dear brothers and sisters, this was a very controversial moment. For the, for the, for the, for the rabbi to sit among sinners. It is so unholy and unacceptable for the rabbi to sit among sinners, let alone be the Messiah. Let alone be the Christ. Let alone be the Son of God. To identify himself with sinners by reclining at a table, by eating with them, fellowshipping, Oh no. Jesus cleansing the leper and forgiving sins, we can deal. We can, we, can, we can let you do that. But this is extremely unacceptable and head off to the scribes. My dear brothers and sisters, the argument for the scribe is this. Let the text collectors perish. 
Let them perish. Let them die in their sins. Verse 16 reads as follows. And the scribes of the, of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? These are lawless people. Even the way they eat, they do not observe ceremonial cleanliness. These are like Gentiles. They are pagans. They are outsiders. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? That is the question. To which Jesus replied, the proverb in verse 17. And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well, have no need of a physician. But those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ unlike the Pharisees and all other religious leaders that we hear of today, he came to save the lost. He came to heal the sick. My dear friends, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it's not for those that think they have it all together. It is not for those who trust in their self-righteousness. It is for the sinners. It is a message for the sick. It is a news for the lost. But I want you to notice the word the sick that Jesus used in Greek is kakos. And it can be translated as, as evilly or evil or badly as in bad or wicked. And the opposite of that is to be strong. What Jesus is saying, I did not come for the strong. I came for the weak. I did not come for the perfect. I came for the for the, for the wicked, for the evil, for the bad. I came for those who need a doctor. I came for those who need help. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, Jesus came to call sinners, the depraved, and all of us who have experienced the grace of God can testify to this. That indeed, Jesus Christ came for sinners. Of which I am wisdom of all. For we do not deserve his salvation in any way. And yet, he called us. Come in. Come follow me.
But it's also worth to notice that when Jesus said he came not for the righteous, this does not mean there is such a thing as righteous people. Righteous people do not exist. But what Jesus means is this. If you think you are okay, and you don't need a savior, Jesus is not for you. It means that if, if you trust in your own self-righteousness, you will not see the need of a savior. You have got it all together. If you think you are strong, you don't need a savior. You got it all together. And then, my dear brothers and sisters, unless we realize how sinful we are, unless we realize how sinful we are, we won't see a need of a savior. And what you are getting here is that there are two types of people. And you are either one of them. You cannot be both. It is impossible to be in both camps. You are either on the left or on the right. The first camp is this. It's either you are sick, but you do not know that you are sick. Therefore, don't mind remaining sick. As a matter of fact, someone comes to you and tells you that you are sick. You might think they are crazy. Or, you are sick, and you know that you are sick, and the only option you are left with is to go to the hospital, is to see a physician, to see the doctor. And that's what the tax collector and sinners did in this case. They came to recline at the table with the Messiah, for they know they are sick. Therefore, Jesus came to call sinners. He came to call the sick, for he is the physician. He is the healer of all our sinfulness and our brokenness. Even though we cannot pray, for nurses and doctors to be given more patience. My dear brothers and sisters, in the gospel, we can pray that the Lord, our Father in heaven, may give Jesus Christ, our physician, more and more and more patience. The world is sick. is sick and there is only one physician Jesus Christ the Lord there is only one physician Jesus Christ the son of God when the sick world come to see Jesus Christ when the more patients come to Jesus, that means salvation. And that gives us joy. The world is a dark place. Jesus brings the light. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ 
is the light. Imagine this world without the first coming of the Messiah. Terrible. Terrible. Therefore, my dear brothers, whether people come to the Lord or not, they are sick. Whether they come or not, they are sick. Whether they know it or not, they are sick. Whether you know it, whether you are sinful or not, you are a sinner and you need a savior. So we better pray for them. We better pray that the Lord will call them and they will respond to their call. For those are the type of people that Jesus Christ is eating with. He's having a fellowship with the outcast. He's having a fellowship with the worst sinners. And in this act, by the way, we get a glimpse of that messianic banquet that will happen at the end of the day. The kingdom of God will be inherited by sinners that are saved by grace. It is sinners like you and I who will have eternal fellowship with Jesus Christ our Lord. And Revelation 19.9 reads as follows. And the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lord. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Who are invited? Jesus is calling. Come. Follow me. Come. And blessed are those who respond to the call of the Lord. Few lessons we are learning from this. Firstly, the gospel is a message for sinners. It is a message for those of us who have examined our hearts and have been honest, deeply honest with ourselves and found out that it is true we are sick. It is true we are wicked. It is true we are evil. It is true we are sinners. It is true we keep on failing. The more we try, the more we fail. We keep on trying to hold things together. And yet, and yet we can't. And we meet Jesus Christ. And then we meet Jesus Christ. That is the message of the good news. It is people who realize how sinful they are and how much they need a Savior. And they, they just come to meet the Savior. For He is the only one who has this message 
of salvation. There is no other name. There is no other name. And my dear brothers and sisters, sometimes I think we take the gospel for granted. I, you know, I challenge you. Go and search. And I can guarantee you, you will never find someone who is willing to receive you as you are and cleanse you. Apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Nor will you find a message that is better than the good news of Jesus Christ. There is no better news than the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why it's called the good news. Secondly, Christians today sometimes we, we, we have the same problem as the scribes. We look at certain sinners as worse sinners than others. Especially the evangelical Christians, of which I am part of them. Maybe this is not true in the States. But in Africa, we've got categories of sinners. And today we are being reminded that murderers, robbers, rapists, homosexuals, Drug dealers are not irredeemable. But merely sinners who need to meet the Savior Jesus Christ. Who left glory in heaven to come and call them. Where is that message? The gospel is with us. And at times we keep it to ourselves. Take it out there. Let them reject it. Let them reject it. Jesus came for those. He came to call sinners. He came to call all of us. For we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, if you are sitting here this afternoon and you feel like you've messed up in the past, and you think to yourself, there's no way you can be forgiven or set free or restored or saved, I would like to invite you to come to Jesus. He is the one who initiated this dialogue with Levi. He called up Levi. He can call anyone. He can call you. His, his arms are wide open to forgive us and to welcome you. On the other hand, we have people that do not want to acknowledge that they are sinners. They think they are well. They think they are okay. 
my dear friend, we are all sick. We are all sinners. And Jesus knows that. He knows it. And by His grace and love, He will forgive you when we decide to commit to follow Him. Decide to commit our lives to Him. And by His transforming power, by His transforming power, He will change you into a woman, into a girl, into a man, and into a boy that He wants you to be. Therefore, come to Christ. Come to Christ. In conclusion, the Lord Jesus Christ did not come for those who trust in their own self-righteousness. As a matter of fact, the gospel is foolishness, the Bible says, to those who are perishing. But for us, but for us, it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. And if Jesus can call Levi the text collector, he can call anyone, regardless of your sinfulness. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, thank you, Lord, for your for the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your love. But Lord, you, you, you are calling us. You found Levi in his office. You called him. He followed you. Help us, Lord, to realize how much we need you. And help us, Lord, to have a humble heart to respond to your call in humility. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and King and Savior, I pray all this. Amen.